When a young couple is hanging out of their home, they realize a disturbing truth that may affect the very fabric of reality. And then we travel to El Salvador to take a look at a bizarre story that took place back during the El Salvador Civil War. When a group of soldiers are out on patrol looking for militia groups hiding in the jungles, they have no idea they're about to encounter an enemy out of a fairy tale. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Gardner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a ton of stuff to cover. So first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our legacy Patreons. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Jackal Forlorn. Woohoo, yeah, wee-hee, Little Jackal, little Jackal's walking on in. We're all petting it. We're riding it. We're riding his back. Jackal Forlorn. You're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's totally fine. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. Please get the word out about the show. Help the show grow. That is another way you can help Dead Rabbit Radio. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know about Dead Rabbit Radio. Really, really appreciate it because we need the word to get out there. Jackal. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. <laughs> nice, leisurely drive all the way out. We're headed back just a couple months. The story is a very, very recent story. It happened in March of 2023. We're about to meet a young woman. Let's call her. I think we used the name Michelle yesterday. Let's go ahead and call her Susie. Change my notes here. Susie's at home with her husband. We'll call him Charlie. We don't actually have their real names, but Susie and her husband Charlie are at home. They are actually just hanging out in their bedroom, chatting while they make the bed. They're making their bed, and they're standing maybe a foot apart. Susie says, she's the one who posted this online, Susie said she's five foot seven, And her boyfriend, Charlie, is six foot three. But, while they're making this bed, Susie looks over at Charlie, and they are eye to eye. Susie realizes that Charlie is now five foot seven. She goes, I didn't actually watch him shrink. I didn't see him go, and to become my height, I just looked over at him, and he was five foot seven. And you could say maybe he was wearing lifts this whole time. Maybe he was wearing those big giant shoes to make him look taller. But <laughs> they've been married. It's not like he had them on all the time. He's showering. He's wearing his shoes. He's six foot three. But she looks over at him. He's five foot seven. And her brain is telling her that her eyes must be deceived. Her brain knows that he's taller than her. And it's actually sending a signal to her eyes saying, your eyes are tricking you. This, is, it's, this must be some sort of weird optical illusion because this is not correct. All of a sudden, things 
started to get out of sync. They became blurry. Her vision actually now definitely wasn't working right. She blinks a few times. And now she's looking at his, what, if you're five foot seven looking at a guy who's six foot three, now she's looking at his chest. Now she's about eye level to his chest or the bottom of his neck. Susie doesn't say anything. It's such a bizarre optical illusion, right? This is impossible. She is kind of taken aback by this. She doesn't say, hey, hey, Charlie, um, I don't know what just happened, but I'm pretty sure you shrank. She doesn't say anything. But Charlie does. Charlie looks down at his wife and says, did you just, did you just notice something weird? I think I shrunk. So it's not an optical illusion. He realized it too. And he said, I felt myself shrink. I felt myself grow smaller. And not just that, because remember, she didn't really pick up on anything. Her vision was getting blurry. She noticed something that was weird. But he goes, I felt myself shrink. I, I, I perceived what was going on, but not just that. Then I felt myself grow. So in a matter of minutes, he shrank six inches and then grew six inches. And he was fully aware of what was going on. He didn't know know what it was, what was causing it, but he felt himself shrink. Then he felt himself grow back into his height. Susie posted this online under the name Kumquat77. And she said it just happened the other day. She posted this in March 2023, so it happened in that month. She posted this and said it was obviously super weird, right? You're going to want to tell someone about this. I don't know what it is. And then she added an update a couple days later. I wasn't there for this one, but Charlie told me about this. He was hanging out in the house, and there was a part of a ceiling he could always reach up and touch. Well, this particular time, he's standing in that area, and he looks up, and it seems higher. The This part of the ceiling was higher than it used to be. That's what it seemed like. And he reached up. He had to confirm. His eyes are playing tricks on him. He reached up. He can no longer touch that part of the ceiling. But he did grow back to his normal height of six foot three. There was a period in time when he couldn't reach it. Well, of course, this is an interesting paranormal story. I do have to note the battle cry of the ill-informed skeptic comes rallying across the internet. Carbon monoxide. This was all carbon monoxide. Every paranormal event is carbon monoxide. That's all people talk about. We even have a poster who says, if only someday I could finally be the first person to bring up the carbon monoxide theory. It's this weird thing. Everything is equated to this because they heard once someone mentioned something from a YouTube video that references an article that was written 10 years ago. That's carbon monoxide. Therefore, everything must be carbon monoxide. I don't understand their fascination with carbon monoxide. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Even though I think it's only been connected to two cases. Confirmed two cases Since the ghosts that were seen in Bible times to now, there's been two confirmed cases that I've come across that were carbon monoxide. And one of them was a TEDx presenter saying that it happened to her, which I am 
dubious at best of that claim that she said that. Or I know she said it. I watched the video, but I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if she made it up. <laughs> that was my libelous statement for the week. But I will put that TEDx thing in the in the show notes. I, I, I will put that TEDx video in the show notes, though, if you want to judge for yourself. Anyways, carbon monoxide notwithstanding, Susie goes, it's not that. That's been ruled out. Alice in Wonderland syndrome, which is another. It's That's an actual hallucination where you can see people grow and shrink. But it's affecting both of them at the same time as well. Like that very first encounter they both had at the same time. So what is this? What could this be? It's interesting. A couple different theories that I had. These, these are all unusual theories. If they're not carbon monoxide, uh, you know, we'll let the other people post that. But let's take a look at these theories that I came up with. One of them, th- these are all weird, right? <laughs> you can go chasing carbon monoxide is more possible than this one. They've ruled it out. They've ruled out carbon monoxide. They've ruled out gas leak or anything like that. Here's the paranormal theories for this, not the boring ones. First off, These are all ridiculous, though, so strap in. One, law of attraction. Law of attraction is somehow making him small. And this is always the interesting thing about the law of attraction. The idea is that the universe that you believe that you're in is the reality, the universe that you are in. So in that case, why would he want to be five foot seven? He's six foot three. Why would he want to be five foot seven? He hasn't. There's no no part of this narrative where he's like, oh, man, he keeps bumping his head. He keeps bumping his head on little doorways. And he's like, oh, I wish I was shorter. And then he became shorter. It's not stated in the narrative at all. So you would think it's not his law of attraction. Is he actually trying to become shorter? The big question of law of attraction is how... How much of your reality is affected by other people's law of attraction? This is the question that is really hard to answer. Devotees of the law of attraction theory believe that you inhabit the universe that you inhabit. So if somebody wants something bad to happen to you, which in this case, I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with being five foot seven. Who cares? But let's say that he's happy being six foot three and a romantic rival wants him to be five foot seven, could he be affected by someone else's law of attraction? It's possible, but again, then the law of attraction, if it's affecting everybody else, how does that work? Like I that's a real problem with the law of attraction. Like if you're trying to manifest success, and you know the steps, you know the rules, you know how to manifest things, and you've done it several different ways before, but then there's 10 people who are trying to manifest your downfall. Do you just inhabit the reality where you are successful, or can they stymie or possibly even reverse your law of attraction? And there, uh, some, I, I honestly, I don't know the answer to that. Kind of the catch-all answer is no, you inhabit your own reality where you've created this. But then I think, okay, so let's say I'm inhabiting the reality I've created. I didn't create the current Sudanese civil war. I didn't create the Ukrainian-Russian war. I, I mean, at least I hope I, at least I hope I didn't. I didn't create mass incarceration in the United States. I 
didn't manifest any of these things, but they exist around me. That's an interesting thing about the law of attraction. What are the limits? I don't know. That's a possibility. Uh, we also have curse. Someone's placed the curse on him to make him shorter. And again, that would be someone who wants him to be five foot seven. Someone actually is affecting his reality by placing some sort of curse on him. The third possibility, I mean, technically, you could say none of these are possibilities, Jason. You're just, the last one was a curse. What did he make a leprechaun mad? Well, that's funny because now we come to my third one. My third theory is, is it possibly the correction of a wish? Because I, listen, I know that there are a lot of men out there who aren't happy with their height. Men can be six feet tall and they wish they were six foot three. Men could be five foot ten and wish they were six feet tall. Men could be five foot four and wish they were five foot ten. It's just a, a thing that men have with height. And it totally sucks because there's nothing you can do about it outside of major surgery. So let's say that Charlie made that wish. <laughs> Charlie caught a leprechaun. He never told Susie about this. And he wished that he was taller. He wished that he maybe he normally was five foot seven and he made a wish. You're like, Jason, okay, now... You're like, Jason, I think it was carbon monoxide. And I think you have too much carbon monoxide. If one of your theories is... I'm not necessarily saying he caught a leprechaun. That was just an example. But what I'm saying is... Is it possible that this is a correction of a wish? That he did wish? You're like, no, Jason. It's not possible. Quit saying that. Is it possible that he made a wish and he got taller and now it's resetting it back to his default height of five foot seven? Listen, I don't know. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. Can leprechauns melt steel beams? I'm just asking questions. It's unusual to say the least. We just don't know. But here we have this guy changing height. And it's interesting because if you extrapolate this out it's disturbing not because he's getting shorter but because there are certain things that we hold to be true about reality and one of them is outside of some horrendous accident life moves at a fairly slowly predictable pace what if you woke up tomorrow and you were 450 pounds for 10 minutes and then you went to not be 450 pounds. <laughs> a, little, a little inconvenient, to say the least. I mean, obviously, that would be the most dramatic example. People are like, what in the world just happened? Your clothes rip off. That would be, let's say it happened, let's say it didn't happen with any witnesses around, because otherwise, you would be all over the internet. Someone would videotape you being like, why am I so big all of a sudden? Ah. And then you just shrink. And you're like, oh, I guess... Guess I panicked for nothing. Let's say you're at home. You're not making your bed. You're just standing there looking at your sheets. And you're like, yeah, that's good. And then all of a sudden, you are 450 pounds. Like, that would blow your mind. It would probably honestly break your skull open. But you wouldn't know how to deal with that. And now you turn back to your normal size. You're like, oh, I'm normally 449 pounds. You don't even notice it. You're like, I'm okay with this too. Now all of a sudden you're 450 pounds 
for 10 minutes and you have no idea what could have possibly happened. And then you go back to being your normal weight. How could you even process that? Like, even after it's over with, how could you come to grips with the fact that at any point now, <laughs> isn't that the plot of <laughs> The Nutty Professor, now that I think about it? At any point, your physical form could change. It, it, it just boggles the mind. Like, that is one of, there's paranormal events, like seeing a ghost, having a poltergeist make paperclips fly around your head. I would even argue being visited by aliens or having a demonic encounter, while those are on the danger scale higher than hearing your name called by your mother's voice from inside your closet, even the, even the alien and demon thing is more dangerous than that. Your physical form changing rapidly is, is, is just mind-breaking. Because if you go, hey, listen, I saw an alien, but I know what this phenomenon is. I've heard about it, seen TV shows on it. There's a demon. My house is infested by demons. Even if I'm not religious, I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot either. I may be an atheist, but I just saw a fiery entity walk out of the bathroom and claim the soul of my firstborn. Even though I don't necessarily believe in God. I'm going to go to a priest because I've seen a movie. I've seen several movies about demons. Um, I'm going to believe I'm gonna believe in God just long enough to get this demon out of my house. You're not an idiot. But if your body rapidly changed size, height-wise, weight-wise, any sort of body changes that happen rapidly and then return, you would wonder, what is the real me? Am I really 450 pounds? Or am I really this weight? Am I really six foot three or five foot seven? And there's no one to consult on this. There's no priest. There's no textbook. There's no episode of the X Files, as far as I know, that could give you any bit of insight. And anyone you talk to would tell you, "Oh, did you check your carbon monoxide detector?" And um, it would break your reality because you would wonder where, what is the real me? Even if it never happened again, that would be one of those experiences that. I think would deeply affect you far more than seeing the ghost of a little girl hiding behind your couch late at night. Like, that's creepy, but it's not as creepy as things rapidly happening to your own body, and it's not perception either. Like, you're actually shorter. You're actually fatter. Very, very weird story, and I, I think the implications are quite grim. Jackal Forlorn, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind this household. Everyone get on board. We're headed all the way out to El Salvador. The year is 1979. Billowing smoke. Coming from towns all over the country. 1979 is the year that the Salvadoran Civil War began. This is where we had the government of El Salvador, backed by the United States, was fighting rebel groups backed by the Soviet Union and Cuba. This was all during this Cold War era 
where communism and capitalism were fighting, but they weren't fighting in their own countries. They were having proxy wars everywhere. We're about to meet this guy. His name is Jimmy. Well, his name's actually Jimmy. Jimmy's the name we're going to give him. We don't have his real name. But he was a member of the military, of the El Salvadoran military, when the Salvadoran Civil War started. Which would suck, right? I had a buddy, I had a buddy, Josh, who joined the Navy. And he's like, oh, you know, this will be pretty cool. I'll get paid to be on a boat. And then uh, I'll get some job training. I'll get my college paid for. I'll do all this. will be pretty chill. And then 9-11 happened. <laughs> he like joined up. I think it was the year before. I think he joined up in 2000. He's like, oh, you know, this will be, this will be pretty chill, right? I'm going to join the Navy. And then all of a sudden the war on terror begins. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think this was coming. I didn't know that I might actually be engaged in warfare. That's what happens sometimes. Jimmy's in the military, all of a sudden he's fighting his fellow countrymen. And on this particular day in 1979, he's sent out on patrol with six other soldiers into the jungles to locate militia groups that may have hideouts out there. And he said, we're on patrol, we got our commander, there's me, and then there's four other people. We're walking through the jungle, we're looking for any sort of evidence that there's militia groups out here, and we are on patrol for hours. We're walking through the jungle. And suddenly, boom. <sighs> boom. <sighs> boom. <sighs> they don't actually, <laughs> actually, now looking back at my notes, they don't hear anything. There's supposed to be the sound of footsteps. They don't hear footsteps, but the ground's shaking underneath them. Whoa, dude. And they think they, uh, they're in the middle of a civil war. Really, they're fighting their brothers, but they're being funded by the Soviet Union. The militia groups are being funded by the Soviet Union. Who knows what type of super weapon they're using El Salvador to test, right? For all they know, the Russians have sent down a bunch of half-ape, half-human hybrids to just to tear the country apart their immediate suspicion is that this must be some secret weapon we're in enemy territory we believe we are but that's why we're out here just looking around and the ground shaking it has to be some sort of cold war technology that's being used against us so they take up positions they get behind trees and they get ready to confront whatever could possibly be coming their way. The ground continues to shake. And Jimmy, he looks out. He's, you know, they're kind of in hiding just to be safe. They have no idea what's coming through the jungle. And Jimmy kind of pops his head out to see. <laughs> He's kind of curious. You're like, what is going to kill me? I kind of want to take a look at it before I leave Earth and my soul flies through the universe. I'd like to kind of see what's coming. Jimmy said that he looked up. And this is an interesting story because I'm trying to get a perspective of it. I don't know if he's looking down into a valley. I don't know how low the trees were in this particular area. So I, don't, I can't really visualize it for you. 
But Jimmy said, I looked out of my position. Like, I, I, I took a peek to see what could possibly be headed our way. And that's when I saw it. Off in the distance. It was nowhere near us at this point. But you could see it far away. It was big. It was tall. It towered over the jungle canopy itself. It was a giant. Jimmy described it, because obviously he told this story, he's told this story to his family members. One of his nephews, a guy going by the name Mac G Forever, posted this online. He told his nephew about it. And he said, this guy wasn't giant like a Bigfoot giant. Like, he was literally taller than all the trees around him. If I had to compare it to anything size-wise... Jack and the Beanstalk giant. <laughs> giant from Jack and the Beanstalk living up in the clouds so huge that Jack was like maybe up to his ankle. That size of a giant. Which is way bigger than Bigfoot. Even way bigger than like the Nephilim, like the 13 foot tall red-headed warriors that have been reported to be found in Afghanistan, in Nevada. These giant cannibal warlords, they all topped out at around 13 feet. You may even give them 20 feet if you wanted to be generous. This guy was towering over the jungle. You could see him from a distance. Standing over the trees. Jimmy said that this giant was bald, which is an interesting... Which is an interesting note because a lot of times these giants are redheaded. A lot of times these giants have the red hair, the Nephilim. That seems to be a common theme among them. We did an episode, did the Nephilim look like clowns? I'll put that episode in the show notes. Because this idea that Nephilim may have been very pale with shockingly red hair. And that may be the reason why a lot of humans, I don't think they're particularly scary. But a lot of people have an innate fear of clowns because it's an ancestral memory to the days of the Nephilim. This dude was bald, completely bald. And he was wearing nothing but a loincloth. So he didn't have a little suit, a little vest jacket like the Jack and the Beanstalk giant. Which would make sense. <laughs> you don't really have any way to make clothes that big. Maybe you would just grab some tents that you found in the wilderness and fashioned a loincloth. But this giant is walking through the jungle and Jimmy got a good look at it. And he goes, listen, I was terrified when I heard the noise. I had no idea what was coming. I figured it was some sort of secret weapon that was going to vaporize all of us or just steamroll us down through the jungle. Nope. I was actually more terrified when I realized it was a giant. When I realized it was something that shouldn't even exist. Now, this giant wasn't walking towards them. This giant wasn't menacing them in any way. It was walking by them, and it was quite a distance away. But the, here's the thing. When you're dealing with the paranormal, whether or not it's a direct assault towards you, just the idea of it can be so terrifying. It's terrifying. And so you see something from a fairy tale, you, your brain immediately goes, well, that, that's real. So what else could be real? And also, there is the added threat that there's a giant moving, at least near you. Far enough away, but terrifying to know that it exists, terrifying to know you're near it. It wasn't 
threatening them in any sort of way, but it actually made Jimmy even more scared. He wanted to get a better look at it. Part of his brain was like, this can't be real. I, I have to figure out what this is. But the other part of him, the more rational part was, he goes, I was too scared. I couldn't even move. I could not even leave where I was at. I didn't want to get anywhere near this thing. And we all watched it at this point. We we're all looking out. And we can, all, all six of us, see this giant moving through the jungle. And then after it, after they feel like the threat has passed, right? It wasn't walking towards them, but it was walking relatively near them. We don't have an exact, like, how many yards away it was or anything like that. I wish we did have some more information like that. But after the giant had moved past their area, once they figured they weren't in danger, they began discussing what they had seen. Because obviously, <laughs> this is not something that people, you can't go back in town and talk about it. People would think you're nuts. You have to talk about it first, really, to the people who are, did you just see that? Yeah, dude, that, that was like a giant. The loincloth. Yeah, and he was bald. What was that? And they started talking about it. And two of the guys, this is so funny, because, again, this is one of those details that make me really believe the story's real because it's super realistic. You have six guys in the middle of the jungle. They just saw a giant walk by. They're supposed to be on patrol for the military. This giant walks by. Two of the guys come up with the genius plan of chasing the giant down and killing it so they can sell it. They wanted to kill it and somehow transport this giant's body back to base, or really back to their homes, so they can sell it. Whether they were going to sell... The body, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with this thing, right? It would be proof of the paranormal that someone would buy. A National Enquirer would buy photos of it. It could be the scientific find of the century, paranormal proof. Two of the men wanted to track it down, kill it, and then get rich. All of them. It would take all of our guns, guys. All six of us, let's go and kill it. And, and the other guys were like, that's the dumbest idea. Did <laughs> you see the size of that thing? And the two dudes are like, no, 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 we think we can take it. All six of us were heavily armed. We can go kill this giant. And the commander is listening to this conversation go back and forth. And commander's like, we're not, we're, we're not chasing the giant down. Like, whatever happens, whether or not we continue our patrol or head back to base, we're not going to track down a giant and attempt to shoot it to death. It's a giant. These guns are made to kill other human-sized people. None of these guns are built to kill a giant. And the commander goes, we're not chasing it down. And not only that, patrol's over. <laughs> we're done. We are done. We're not going to keep walking around out here. And they quickly turned around and made their way back to base. Now, what's interesting, too, is they told everybody at base what they had seen. They told everyone, and again, that's really interesting detail because a lot of times when police see things that are paranormal, they don't tell other cops. When pilots see UFOs, they don't say anything until their career is over, till they're retired, and then they might start talking about it because you look like a loony. And when you're in an industry where people's lives depend on you, your reputation is one of the most important things you have. People don't want to work with a pilot who keeps going like, wow, did you see that UFO out there? You're like, dude, just look at the instrument panel, bro. Just look at where we're going. We're in a plane. We got 100 people in here. Some dude just turned 450 pounds in coach. We're still trying to figure that out. Quit looking for UFOs. It's just fly the plane. They went back and they told everyone. They're like, 
Hey guys, I know we got back from patrol early. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a giant. There's a big old giant out there. Jack and the Beanstalk giant. No one believed them, obviously. Nobody on base believed them, which isn't shocking. Which does make sense that people won't believe you if you saw a giant. And what's interesting is there was actually a little bit of antagonism here. Because they were telling everyone on base, and pilots, the pilots who were stationed on the base, said there's absolutely, <laughs> you know how much time we spend flying over this country? It's a relatively small country. We fly all over it. We've never seen <laughs> It's funny to think that the pilot even has to think, I can't believe I have to say this out loud. If there was a giant in the jungle, we would see it if it was as big as you say it is. We're from, we're, we're high up in the air. We would have seen at some point in our career, a giant. We would have seen a giant moving around, but we haven't. We fly over this area all the time. We've never seen a giant. So no one believed that these six men, and again, at a certain point, it's funny because when you see proof, when you see something that actually happened, it's the same thing when someone who's innocent, who gets arrested, they will mistakenly think, well, I'll just tell my side of the story because I'm innocent. Obviously, i 100% innocent. I didn't do this. They just The police will eventually figure out that they got the wrong guy. And then you're doing 7 to 10 years in prison. Because you have the false assumption that if you present the evidence in the right way, the cops will realize it, or, or maybe the jury will realize it, or maybe the appeals board will realize it. But that's just not the way the world works, unfortunately. You could 100% know the truth and other people will still deny it. We see it happen in the court system. I won't say all the time, but it does happen. And these people, they had even less evidence, right? You may say, no, I'm innocent. I'm innocent and truly be innocent. These people are seeing they saw a giant out there. No one believed them. And Jimmy tells this story. He told this story to his nephew and his nephew, you know, who's like into cryptids and, and things like that has a lot of questions for him. And, and it's interesting because I think this is a, a a suitable way to kind of answer a lot of... Because you're never going to... I don't even try to convince skeptics that ghosts are real or UFOs are real or nothing like that. Like Because that's their belief system. I don't think they're dumb for being skeptics. I think you may be ill-informed if you're just trying to type in carbon monoxide to be the first one to do it so you get the most Reddit karma. I think that is dumb. But I, I think believing that there are other reasons for ghosts, I don't think that's dumb. I think being a skeptic isn't necessarily dumb. It's the knee-jerk skepticism. It's the people who are typing out the response and not even reading the article, not even looking at what... That, I think, is ill-informed. I think that is dumb. But you're allowed to ask questions. You should ask questions about this stuff, and it's totally fine. The, the nephew goes, you know, if there's something that big in the jungle, wouldn't somebody else have seen it by now? Wouldn't there be proof of some sort? What, shouldn't there be a body of this thing? Or, or even bones, even giant bones. How much food would it have to eat? How, how would this thing exist and not be spotted from the air? And the nephew has these questions, and he's a believer in the paranormal, but he, these are valid questions. And the uncle said back to him, this is the quote, and I think this is super interesting because sometimes this is the only way you can respond, is he said, quote, I don't know about none of that stuff. I just know what I saw that day.
It's true. World of the paranormal may leave no evidence. It may leave negative evidence. I mean, it, it may actively do things that are so counterintuitive to reality that even mentioning it makes you sound insane. There's negative evidence to prove it. It actually detracts from the reliability of the person telling the story because changing your height within a matter of minutes, seeing a cartoonishly large giant move through the jungle, these are both things that just don't exist. You can have all these questions about the life cycle of a giant, why no one else has seen it, why there's no evidence, why there's not a giant loincloth. All of this stuff. Where do you get the loincloth from? If he was bald, then his hair must have fallen out. How come we haven't found three-foot-long strings of hair? You can ask all these questions, but at the end of the day, I don't know about none of that stuff. I just know what I saw that day. I just love that answer because sometimes when you experience the paranormal, that's the only answer you got. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.